You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. Mike and Mike are back, and we are here to go to the movies. We have a good old mystery on hand. We are going to be talking all about Knives Out. It was, you know, one of those movies you had heard about for a little bit. You saw a preview of it over the summer, and it's like, what the heck is this? When is this thing coming out? And came out right around Thanksgiving. And just with how busy we were with episode 500 and a couple other things, we finally got around to actually seeing it and reviewing it. And we are so looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast to do it. Uh, Remember, though, we are going to be spoiling. How exciting. (laughs) Spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to put this episode on hold or pause while you go see it. And we highly recommend it. And speaking of somebody who has knives out, this is my partner, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. Are you ready for a mystery, sir? I am always ready for a mystery. Uh, who done it, if you will. Yes. Where's your Southern accent for it, though? Hey, you don't need one. Uh, you know, I've seen plenty of uh, mysteries without, uh, you know, well, it seems like a some sort of outrageous accent is usually required. Well, of course, look at Hercule Poirot or I mean, some yeah, the last who done it. I think we saw, and I don't think we did a show on it, but did we? Yeah, we did an episode on on uh, Murder on the Orient Express, didn't we? Yeah, we did the yeah. new movie review. I don't know who had the better accent, Kenneth Brodlin or the mustache. So, well, the mustache, you know that uh, that was the star of the movie. Uh, oh, I think they, it was for uh, me. I think they gave it a special Oscar. I thought they did best must supporting mustache. Best mustache ever. Oh, very much so. And I heard the stash is back actually in the spring with the Death on the Nile. The stash is back. Yes, bring on the stash. Yep, definitely. And speaking of, you know, things that are gonna be coming out soon, might as well jump in with rants and raves and we- I thought you were going somewhere else. Oh. No, I wasn't trying to go there. Darren is on the show in a little bit. He can go there. but He's already been there. Oh, yes, we know. We've heard about those stories. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. And wrote the book, of course. But we are going to maybe chat a little bit about some of the upcoming previews that we've seen over the last couple weeks that have come out. And, you know, for movies coming out in the next couple months, you know, we that's one of the great things with doing a movie episode. We have to start it with previews. You know, it's always a great way with movies. So we definitely would love to jump in, you know, with both feet. And I think the biggest one that we saw, it's almost a tie between Wonder Woman 84 or the Black Widow movie. So which one should we talk about first? Well, uh, you know, um, I guess Wonder Woman is always good to, to, to a note to start on. Uh, I mean, that's the one I think I, I think I was waiting for a little bit more. Um, not that I'm not waiting. I haven't been waiting for Black Widow, but in in way in, so, in a lot of ways with Black Widow, I'm kind of like really like you should you guys should have done this like ten years ago uh, or five years ago. You know, at but, least before um, she was killed in the last Avengers movie. Wow. Wait, wait, that spoilers out. No, just kidding. <laughs> I warned everybody before this 
beginning. We are spoiling this time. Everything. We, we spoil are everything. so spoiling, my friend. We spoil everything. We could spoil. We'll spoil it. Whatever it is, it'll spoil it. Um, of course. Except for anything that the, the trailers are, because we don't know. Um, yeah, I, the trailer looks good for Wonder Woman. Um, you know, obviously it's a different theme. Uh, it's not World War One. Uh, there's something about. You know, Wonder Woman in the 80s, though, you know, you, you think about the Linda Carter late 70s, almost into the 80s show. And, it, you know, the sort of Wonder Woman kind of has that sort of place in, in there, you know, like. And so I'm going to I'm curious where they're taking it. Obviously, we see in the trailer, we see that uh, Steve is back and oh, no. it seems like it's really Steve. Uh, doesn't seem like it's a clone uh or what have you uh it doesn't seem like you know like the the show they just had it like it was his like grandson right yes so i don't think that's the case here it looks like it's really steve the premise of the trailer seems to imply that uh cersei gives everybody what they want in their like their 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 innermost desire and of course diana would desire steve maybe that's how he comes to be um we don't really know so we don't know how and we don't know if that's going to be a lasting thing or how that's i mean is she going to have to say goodbye to him again that would suck uh although it would make a lot of sense depending on i mean because we kind of know you know that she's not with steve now currently right so right so unless she's just keeping him on, on the on the down low or keeping him on ice you could say, <laughs> oh, that's another Steve. That's a whole different other Steve, man. Uh, that's true. We talk about <laughs> that Steve a little bit later in the other movie we're talking about. Uh, but um, you know, I'm not a huge. Uh, is it Kristen Wiig? Is that her name? Yes. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of hers. So I was kind of that's my that was my only kind of like mm, I'm not really sure what that's going to be like in in this movie. And really, after seeing the trailer, I still don't know. No, uh, exactly. They didn't really show a lot of her, uh, especially as Cheetah or anything, to, for me to really get a sense of how that's going to play out. But that's okay, because, you know, I don't want everything spoiled in the trailer. I Certainly, this, is a, this should just be like a teaser. Well, I'm glad they didn't show her as Cheetah. I want to be surprised, and I didn't want to be spoiled by it. And I like that a lot. I run hot and cold on the actress herself. I'm not a huge Christian Wig fan, but I've there's certain things I liked her in. I liked her in Paul. I liked her in you know I liked her in the Ghostbusters actually that she was that she did, and you know Bridesmaids. You know she was great, but you know there's other things I've seen her in. It just falls flat on her face, so it does happen. I love seeing Wonder Woman in 1984, especially since it's going to be taking place in a mall in, a mall but washington <laughs> dc washington dc in 1984 and actually they were doing uh filming in georgetown and that's the era when i used to hang out down there growing up you know 17 18 trying to do the whole punk rock thing and you know they had a you know they built stores to look like georgetown in 1984 so it's, for me it's going to be a lot of memory lane which is now I just awesome. now I just want to see a 1984 movie where Wonder Woman tries to uh, take you seriously as a punker. Well, you had to see me back then. 
which is, you know, yeah, it was, it was a fun experience just for sure. But I'm looking forward to it. And I love that the big bad, it looks like is actually not going to even be the cheetah. It's more going to be Max Word Lord. Yeah, Max Lord's in it. I mean, yeah, you've got uh, Max Lord, who is uh, the Mandalorian, right? Yes. So, uh, you know, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> not really. It's uh, just yeah. the same actor, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of cool. It even even in this role, I'm like, wow, we can't really tell it's you. Because <laughs> like, he's got the blonde hair and he just looks so chiseled. Like he's like kind so of... Got 1980s. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, look, there wasn't anything in the trailer that made me go, uh, ooh, this is not what I'm looking forward to. Everything just uh, made me want... There was some moves, some fight scenes, uh, some some choreography that I really thought was cool. Uh, there's a, a couple moments where she's, like, taking out guys in slow-mo, and she's, you know, she's bending over backwards and everything. I'm like, wow, that looks that looks epic. So... Um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I, there's no re- I didn't see anything in the, this trailer to make me uh, pause at all, uh, to not be excited, still continue to be excited for. This is, um, this is one of my most anticipated movies of 2020. So, um, and the trailer didn't do anything to dissuade that. So good, That's awesome. good job, good job for the marketing people on that. Exactly. And you know, she's swinging from lightning bolts with her magic lasso. That's that's so awesome that's you know what that's just that's just cool you can't i mean yeah no i know it's pretty pretty amazing it's awesome i know all right what about black widow let's jump over to the marvel side now black widow is cool uh you know we're finally getting a black widow movie obviously it's a prequel and uh you know i've i've read some black widow uh so this looks like it's sort of um got ties with her origin obviously with russia we've seen maybe in uh um because in the comics there's actually at least two black widows because after right. natasha is at one point um presumed dead i think they reactivate another one who's blonde and i can't remember her name but uh uh i don't know if she's still around in the comics or not i don't know what the status quo and all that is but I do wonder if that's kind of this story, if they're going to sort of uh, maybe have like, this is going to show us that there is another black widow out there so that, you know, since Natasha is no longer with us, then maybe this one we'll see again, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly in the, um, I do wonder if it's got ties, if it's going to, if it's going to have any impact on the upcoming uh, Falcon and uh, winter soldier show. That would be awesome to see if it would tie in because I know there are going to be tie-ins between the movies and the new TV shows popping up on Marvel plus or Disney, excuse me, Disney plus, even though it should be Marvel plus. (laughs) Well, there's a Marvel element. They've got their own category. They've got their own channel within Disney plus. Right. So, um, so yeah, and it looks, it looks good. It looks, you know, like a Marvel movie. Like I, Marvel has not steered me wrong. Uh, I have enjoyed every single movie that Marvel's put out. So I have no reason to doubt that this is going to be any different. Uh, certainly, um, you know, some of the movies are better than others, obviously. But like I said, none of them have I walked out and went, man, that was an absolute disaster. So, and I don't think they're going to start now. So I, I, uh, I and I, I've seen Scarlett Johansson carry a movie. She's perfectly capable of it. 
Um, you know, even even movies that we haven't really loved that she's been in, she's been good in them. You know, so yes, I'm talking about you, Ghost in the Shell. Um, oh, <laughs> I mean, she she yeah, it wasn't a great movie, but you know, she can she can hold her own in a movie. And I think I don't know. There was a point where she was the I think she was the highest paid actress in Hollywood, but I don't know if that's still true. But in any case, I mean, she she can do it. So I'm I'm looking forward to this. And the supporting cast looks great too. So, oh, of course, it does look. The you have in this, you have David Arbor. You also have Rachel Wise, Robert Downey's even popping up as Tony Stark. Uh, William Hurt is going to be General Ross again. It's you know, there's pretty darn awesome stuff, and they have a pretty decent. Uh, bad guy with the Taskmaster, if you're familiar with him from the yes. comic books. Yeah, I usually consider him more of a, a villain of Moon Knight, but you know, I mean, he he got around. He atta- he, he he attacks everybody. He's he not... was he was originally an Avengers villain. Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So, and then he then took on the rest of the Marvel universe. I think. I always used to get him confused with who was the guy that was all the <laughs> like the sports stuff, like. Like there was one guy who was like a like uh he just his his whole thing was sports like he was a athlete and he could do like any sport and he was a bad guy a sportsman or something like that sportsmaster or something like that yeah he was a golden age villain <laughs> from DC yeah so uh but no Taskmaster is my understanding is as far as Marvel uh, villains goes he's right up there as far as uh ability to fight and and be a threat. He's like in the top 10 of of Marvel villains. So it's good to see it'll be interesting to see cuz one of the things that I think has been criticized and rightly so in some ca- in a lot of cases about the Marvel movies is some a lot of times the villain is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's not going to happen here. No, exactly. You know, I who's playing him? Um, if I remember correctly, is it Ray Winstone? Okay, okay. So, you know, so it should be interesting to see because in the comics, you never ever see his real face. He always has like a like a skull mask on, and he wears like a hood over it or something. So, you know, who knows what they're going to do? MCU, it's all different. You know. <laughs> Exactly. So, so it should be cool to see. All right. We also got the Ghostbusters. Tie, time out there for a second. Okay. So are those the only two superhero movies that we're getting next year? Um, I think we're in the fall. I think we're, aren't we getting Eternals or something? Or is that I, next? So I'm asking, so I don't know. No, so I don't know. I'd have to look at the schedule. Okay. I, I think we're getting another Marvel movie how yeah. interesting is it though that you know the two big movies anyway are female uh heroes i think that's pretty awesome oh i think it's fantastic man i truly yeah. think it is fantastic so all those people who don't like uh, representation suck it mm-hmm. well you're technically getting another superhero movie in february you're getting birds of prey Ah, that's true. Yes, we're getting that's a dinner of DC, and uh, I guess these are loosely linked now. I don't know what the uh, DCEU or whatever they're calling it now. It seems to be kind of uh, something that's very loose in terms of its continuity. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited. Look, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn was the best part of Suicide Squad. 
Oh, yeah. So the fact that we're getting, I'm looking at this as, I know they're calling it Birds of Prey, but it's also called, uh, what is it, subtitled The Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Yes. Um, And it's like, it's a Harley Quinn movie. I mean, and the trailer really kind of backs that up too, because it doesn't really spotlight any of the other characters. It's just really spotlighting her. So as far as I'm concerned, this is a Harley movie. And that's fine with me because she was the best part of Suicide Squad. And I'm really curious to see what this next step of her is, especially without having the Joker be part of it. You know what I mean? Well, exactly. And I'm looking forward just to see because out of Suicide Squad, she was the best part about it. Right. Now, you know, as a, as the Birds of Prey goes, I mean, I'm a, a big fan of the series from day one, you know, whether mm-hmm. when they when they first, you know, appeared and, and then Chuck Dixon had a really good run on it and Gail Simone had an amazing run on it and made the Birds of Prey something that was quite special and unique in all of comic superhero books. And uh, it, it doesn't look like this is paying attention to that at all. No, so, uh, so I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to look at it as more of a Harley movie and being yet yeah, rah rah for that rather than a Birds of Prey movie, which really isn't a Birds of Prey. No, so, not at all. At least not the Birds of Prey that I would like to see. So, um, but we do know that you know that those Birds of Prey uh, recently got destroyed on another Earth. So, yes, that is very true. <laughs> Spoilers for, you know, crisis. We're spoiling on, everything. I know. Spoiling everything. We are. We're throwing it out the window tonight. So, Darth Vader but, was Luke's father. Okay. Sorry. But, uh, so yeah, I don't, you know, I don't expect this to be, you know, a huge thing. I'm certainly not as anticipating as as much as I am the other two. But, you know, so yeah, we're getting three. So three superhero things right off the bat. Boom, boom, boom. And they're all feature women characters. I mm-hmm. think, I think that's awesome. I in the first half so of the cool. year, you get it. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that's cool. And, you know, anybody who's complaining about that sort of thing, just A, I don't have tolerance for it. And B, like, just, you know what? Go watch, you know, go watch Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, and then repeat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just repeat over and over again. It's all on Disney Plus. So, you know, you can watch it now. Over and over and over again. We also get Ghostbusters, the new one. I have not seen the teaser for that. Okay, so, so it is. But so I will have to trust you as to whether or not. And to be honest, I'm 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 okay with it. I'm not like. I mean, I'm not a. I'm I I like Ghostbusters, but I'm not like a overly the top like passionate fan for it. So I, I'm curious, but. Now I think you have you're a little bit more invested in this property than I. Am. Oh, I really am. I've been a huge, huge Ghostbusters fan since the very beginning, and I've read all the comics. I've read, you know, I've seen the movies, of course. And when they announced, you know, last year with that teaser trailer, with just showing the Echo One, you know, yeah. in, a, in a barn, it was just like, <gasps> what's going on? It looked awesome. It looked totally awesome. So, so this is a, a another teaser, right? Because um, it's not a full trailer, right? It's it's more than just a basic tra- teaser, but it doesn't tell too much. All it basically is showing uh, these kids, you know, had to move to this farm, 
you know, somewhere because they got, you know, they were evicted from where they were living before and their mom, their father passed away or something like that. And so it's the mom and the kids and they happen to stumble across all these Ghostbuster stuff. They found, you know, a trap and they find a proton pack and they find the Echo One in the barn. And it just, it's just like, you know, they think it's all movie props or something. And because nobody at this point, this takes place today, it nobody remembers really the Ghostbusters. They all think it was, you know, fiction and everything because it happened out in New York and everything like that. And so, you know, and they show Paul Rudd is in this movie and they... Oh, there you go. That's all you had to say. Yeah, exactly. Paul Rudd's awesome. And, you know, they basically show... Uh, he looks at... Is this a proton? Is this a ghost trap? Where did you find this? You know, oh, I don't, I think it's fake. It's just something I found. And they started, he started tapping at it and started, you know, sparking and everything. And, you know, because nobody had seen a ghost for almost 30 years at this point. And something in this town is awakening. That's all they say. And they Mm. just show a little bit of it, but they don't go into too much detail, which is good because I don't want too much detail. I want to be surprised. So it should be kind of cool. Sounds intriguing. And it just happens that the kids, two of the kids look a lot like Egon. Just saying. Just saying. So. Egon represent. Exactly. So, but they don't show, you know, other than like a flashback thing, like from a video or something of the old Ghostbusters, but they don't show them now or anything. So, which is pretty darn awesome. So I'm looking forward to that one, and it's going to be a fun one to review here on the podcast. Um, there are a couple other mo- like movies coming out uh, comic book-wise. Um, we are also getting in the fall, we're getting Morbius, which is the vampire from Spider-Man. Okay, yep. And we're also getting Venom 2. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I just love that first one. Mm. I didn't see the first one. Yeah. I watched it yeah. on... TNT or something like that, or you know, some some cable channel, and it was just like, mm, you know, it it's not the venom you remember from the comic books, and it's a completely <laughs> different, you know. Uh, I'm sure. Oh yeah, and they're still saying that uh, New Mutants is going to be replaced, be released. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. I'm holding my breath on that one. So we will see. So I'm sure there's going to be a ton more um, with Star Wars opening next week. Don't be surprised if you see some previews for things we haven't even mentioned yet and that you're going to be surprised like, oh, my gosh, that looks awesome, you know, type thing. So should be kind of cool. So until then, we definitely would love to hear from you. What, you know, trailers have you seen that you're looking forward to? You know, please let us know. We definitely would love to hear. Uh, Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com. Definitely would love to hear from you. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back in a moment, and we are going to be talking about Knives Out. Oh, the shark, babe, has such teeth there, and it shows them pearly white, just a jack. Do you enjoy pop culture? Of course you do. You're already listening to pop culture podcasts here on the ESO Network. The Rusted Robot Podcast discusses movies, trailers, TV shows, space and robot news, and so much more. Won't you please join us for a pop culture overload wherever you listen to podcasts? TheRustedRobot.Podbean.com 
a proud partner of the Soul Forge podcast here on the ESO Network. The Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it. Harlan started out with a rusty Smith Corona and built himself into one of the best-selling mystery writers of all time. 30 languages, over 80 million copies sold. You guys fans? I mean, I don't do much fiction reading myself. Big fan. I'm a big fan. Who is that guy? Uh, Mr. Blanc is a private investigator of great renown. I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. You're famous. The night of his demise, the family had gathered to celebrate your father's 85th birthday. And your son, Ransom, did he attend as well? Yes, but he left early. I think Linda was upset. Walt would get a little Irish courage in him. He'd get into it with Harlan. What? Richard said what? Are you baiting me, detective? Attempting to be thorough so we can figure out the manner of death. You mean if someone killed him? Ah! You think one of us, one of his family, Walt, Walt. killed him? Mr. Blanc, I just buried my father who committed suicide. Why are you here? I suspect foul play. I have eliminated no suspects. Harlem was cleaning house. Everyone in the family has possible motives. Was Harlan planning on cutting off Joni? Did he plan to file Walter? Is Richard having an affair? That's some heavy-duty conjecture. Funny, Ransom, you skipped the funeral, but you're early for the will reading. Up your ass. Very nice. Oh, Ransom. 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 I gotta do this more often. The family is truly desperate. When people get desperate, the knives come out. This is a twisted web. And we are not finished untangling it. Not yet. Keep waiting for the big reveal. All of them lied to me. There is one guilty party behind it all. You know something. Spill it. Oh my God. Tell me what happened to my grandfather. I think you have something you want to tell me. That's right, folks. There's a mystery afoot here on Earth Station One, and we are going to be looking at Knives Out and find out who took out the world-renowned mystery writer. Ready to take it away, Mikey? Are you ready to be the master detective that we all know you are? <laughs> well, you know, I've had a lot of uh, practice with uh, watching a lot of whodunits, and this one, this one took me by surprise. This is a new whodunit by uh, Ryan Johnson came out this year and uh yeah i don't know if anybody i think a lot of people were surprised by this but uh it's gonna be fun to talk about of course we've got uh one of our regular movie crew here ashley pauls of course is back with us hello thank you as always for having me back absolutely and so you can uh, tell and- ashley is going through puberty <laughs> yes <laughs> if my voice cracks a few times yeah. finally it's time to yeah. change it's yes. time to <laughs> again i'm going through again i think once was enough for that <laughs> and we we have also with us darren noel who's still are you still in puberty uh c- conditionally yes 
<laughs> I got a zit two weeks ago. So yeah. Oh, yes. ow, ow. Wow. Yeah. See, yeah. that's something that they never yes. told me was going to last much yeah, longer. They lie. This yeah. will clear up in your twenties. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. Yeah, no. The, pe- the people at Clear Cell are laughing. That's, right. that's, <laughs> to you, that's to give you hope to get through your teenage years, so you don't commit suicide. <laughs> I'm just convinced. <laughs> at least my skin will be clear. <laughs> you know, out of gonna, all the ways I thought that we were going to talk about Knives Out, acne. Uh, beginning, <laughs> this, beginning our review with acne was not uh, among them at all. Uh, it could be so. worse. It could have been backne. Uh, no, let's not go wow. there. Let's not go there. Wow! Thanks, Darren. You, yes, you, you. Yeah. Okay. So Welcome to the next level. The review can only go up from here. So, <laughs> um, well, like I said, this movie seemed to to me come out of nowhere. Um, I know that for uh, Ryan Johnson, it's something that he's been wanting to do for almost a decade. Uh, I know that after uh, I was reading um, that uh, after he filmed Brick. Uh, 2005 which i still haven't seen uh he was he really wanted to he kind of came up with the concept and has been working on it uh ever since and of course uh, i think he expected it to be his uh next movie after looper but then star wars happened as it does and uh man he got caught up in that and uh you know it's kind of interesting to see how this movie on the wake of Last Jedi is uh, is getting the response that it's getting, and and it probably is ends up being a little bit different, I think, than it would have uh, before that. But we would we'll um we'll cover that I think in a little bit more detail. But I want to hear first of all your expectations going in, and uh, certainly uh, even so much as what your experience is with whodunits as a general concept, and and what your overall opinion was coming out of the theater. Well, we'll start with you, Ashley. Yeah, so I was primarily interested in this movie because of Ryan Johnson. I loved, loved, loved The Last Jedi. I thought it was super interesting. He was able to kind of capture the feeling of Star Wars while also giving us something really unique and different. And so I was definitely on board for whatever movie he was going to decide to do next. And I love that he chose a whodunit, which I feel like sometimes has an unfortunate perception. It's like, oh, those are kind of old-fashioned, which I think is too bad because I love the mystery genre. So I love that he was able to kind of give us this Agatha Christie type film, but update it to the modern time and just tell this really great engrossing mystery story that was very entertaining. So it had a wonderful cast. I really loved it. And I'm looking forward to diving in a little bit deeper here to talk about it. Awesome. Awesome. Had you seen Johnson's other two movies prior to that brick and looper? I have not seen brick. I need to, but I had seen looper and I enjoyed it. Um, It's unique. I think each one of his films feels very different from each other. So I mm-hmm. like that he kind of challenges himself and doesn't just get stuck in a rut. He's trying to do new things. And I'm really curious to see what he does next. Uh, Darren, what, how did, how did knives out make it to your radar? Well, I love a good mystery. I've been a mystery fan since I was a kid reading encyclopedia Brown. So uh, between that and Hardy boys and Nancy drew and uh, when I can get a hold of the Agatha Christie movies slash novels, of course, dove into those and we haven't gotten any good ones of those. We just keep getting remakes of uh, Murder on the Orient Express, it seems. And uh, outside <laughs> of the Poirot, you know, stuff on uh, it's on Netflix now, but it was a BBC series for years. Um, it's hard to find her stuff acted that's true to the source material. They, they always change something about it. And I was like, oh, this is this is a murder mystery. 
I'm in because I like trying to figure things out. Big fan of Clue, Murder by Death, all that stuff. So um, the parody of the genre, too, I enjoy that as well. And it was nice to see. It wasn't parody, but there was a lot of humor in this movie that a lot of people may not be expecting to get in in a murder mystery because they they are perceived as being old fashioned and kind of stuffy, that kind of a thing. And I, I enjoy the crap out of this movie. Yeah. Good point. Uh, all good points. Yeah. I do want to follow up with some of that other stuff too, but I want to hear what Mike's take on it because I think Mike, you were the one who was probably the, like you saw this like after all the rest of us did. And, and I kind of wonder, so initially was it something that just was not on your radar and then you kept hearing things about it and you're like, I better go see this. Oh, it completely was on my list. I actually saw the preview for this when we uh, saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it was like, oh, I have not heard anything about this. And truthfully, I we had planned on going to see this Thanksgiving when I was up in Maryland. But um, Judy had gotten ill. And so we just stayed in for the, for the day. And we... You know, we're like, all right, we'll go see it before Star Wars or, you know, before we have a chance to do it. But then Darren at the ESO <laughs> holiday party was like, dude, knife's out. You seen it? It was like, no, I haven't yet. And he said, oh, dude, you got to see it. You got to see it. Yeah, I wasn't going to spoil it. I'm I'm more concerned about this type of movie being spoiled before I see it. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. what drove me to the theater, like the Monday after it opened. I'm like, I have to see it before anyone on the internet does something stupid, and I accidentally see it. You know, so like I had to get to the theater. <laughs> no, I was so glad you didn't spoil it for me. No, no, it was so well done. I stayed away from any kind of reviews, anything about this movie, and I was so glad I did. And Judy and I went to go see it on Saturday. And it was so worth it. I'm, uh, as as we've said, I think at the top of the show, I'm a big fan of this stuff as well. And I'm right there with you, Darren. And yeah, I grew up with Encyclopedia Brown as well. Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, like, yeah, it just, I want a mystery, right? And mm-hmm. And the whole, like, you know, putting everybody in a room and you know who did it like i can remember playing uh clue as well as some of the other board games like that uh when i was little just uh it just was a really fascinating thing um i also really enjoy like detective shows uh there was a and i think maybe that kind of spoiled us uh, a lot for movies like this because when you've got uh you know jessica fletcher doing this every week oh yeah <laughs> I like, forgot about how can I forget about Lansbury? Someone take my gay card. Punch <laughs> oh, exactly. But yeah, it's it's sort of like you know you don't get the the big uh, budget ones anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess we have to thank the recent remake of Murder on the Orient Express a little bit for this because I think maybe that in, a, in addition to uh, Johnson's uh, work with Star Wars gave must have given the studio a green light for him to do something like this, which. Um, what I really appreciate is, is he does his own take on it. It's, it's, it's a, it is kind of a comedy, a dark, a black comedy, but it's, but it's, it's well within the genre. So it's not making fun of the genre. It's not like, uh-huh. it's not like, uh, it's not like Liam, uh, Liam, it's not like Leslie Nielsen is in here, you know, like <laughs> bumbling around. Yeah. Um, it's obvious that Ryan really loves this genre. 
because there's a lot of things in this that adhere to it. And there's a lot of very, very smart things that you're like, oh, I did not see. Can you do this? Like, there are actual moments in this movie that I'm like, did that just happen? I can't believe that just did that, <laughs> that that couldn't have just happened. Did that really just happen? Like, is this happening right now? Like it just goes in places that you don't expect. And yet it earns every single bit of them. Um, the, the actual whodunit part of it is, is not, it's not really that difficult. Right. I mean, especially since it, initially it kind of, it tells you who it is. Mm-hmm. Um um, and so you're kind of like, well, now what do I do for the rest of the movie? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, and then you're like, well, this can't be all there is to it. And then it just points to the most obvious person. And it turns out that it is that person, but they're doing it for reasons that you never would have expected. It's, it's, it's so smart. And I think the, the smartest thing about this is that um, I can't think of another time where during one of these murder mystery movies or, or stories, we're actually rooting against the investigator mm-hmm. um, because of it being, I mean, because it sets up with um, it being, it, it's Marta, right? <clears throat> yes. Marta Cabrera. So it sets it up that she's the one that's, uh, that is the, uh, the culprit. Um, but we like her. We don't want her to go to jail, you know? Mm-hmm. So we don't want Benoit Blanc to figure out who it is that uh, killed Harlan because that would mean that she'd go to jail. And uh, and everybody else who we don't like uh, would get <laughs> they uh, rewarded. In jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so obviously this is dependent, uh, this kind of film is dependent on a lot of things. It's dependent on the characters first and foremost, I think, as well as the, the a smart script. Um, as far as the characters goes, you need an investigator that's interesting. And then you need a lot of uh, would-be suspects that are interesting as well. Tell me about some of your favorite uh, characters in this, Ashley. So I feel like I kind of have to start this off by talking about Daniel Craig. Um, I would not have guessed that he would play a really hilarious detective with an over-the-top accent, but he does such a great job here. Oh, he was stunning. Stunning. He is this really cool, suave hero. And you have kind of this detective who's doing something totally different. So I love that. I also loved seeing Chris Evans play against type. This is a very different character than Captain America. It was so funny seeing him be like a really not nice guy. So I enjoyed seeing these actors get to stretch their ranges a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I want to, I want to go back to Daniel Craig for a minute. Okay. So uh, his intro is great. The man in like in the back room, we don't even see him or notice that he's there until he presses like the, his code, like right, for moving on with just pressing the key to the piano. Like, like tink. I just, yeah, this little tink, like I just, tink. and, and the way that it's shot and edited, you know, that little tink, 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 like, you know, the, the editing of all the guys finally just like erupting going, who is that? <laughs> like, like, who is that in back there? <laughs> was really well done. It's one of the best introductions uh, to a character like that, that I can ever remember. Like, especially since we don't know him, he's not something that he's not a character that comes from literature. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's something that uh, Ryan made up. Um, 
and uh, the accent. Now, I haven't seen Logan Lucky. And I know Daniel Craig plays a Southerner in Logan Lucky as well with an outrageous accent. Have you, have either one of you guys seen this or? I haven't. Okay. I haven't either. I need to. I've heard it, had it recommended to me several times. Okay. So I just didn't know if this was comparable, you know, if this was a different kind of Southern accent or if they could be brothers or, you know, like I don't. It it sounds a little more aristocratic Southern to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, It just that upper class. Southern drawl. He sounds more like he's in this one. He sounds like he's more like from Louisiana, like Southern Louisiana, like New Orleans or something like that. More where in the other one, he sounded like some North Carolina hick. Gotcha. He definitely sounds like he's from a Southern city. Yes. Not from a town. Exactly. uh, He has an education. Yes. So what did you guys think of uh, Benoit Blanc as a character? Awesome. He was great. And I liked that he was the first one to admit when he didn't know something and he, but he played it and was listening and monitoring and reading so many different people. The scene where he sat down with the the great grandmother. Oh yeah. um, You know, I said, I hope you don't mind if I sit down here, you know, and it was, it was just awesome. And that just showed his character. And then the look on his face during that car chase, when he was trying to tell her to pick up the phone, he was like, pick up the phone. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would see James Bond do that. <laughs> I, I hope this is the first of a series. Well, um, so actually that was one of the things I was going to save to the end that they're already talking about uh, possibly having him at detective Blanc as other different mysteries. Yeah. With him. Oh, and sure. he, he already has the uh the plot and the idea and the title for the next film already. Great. Then we're good. We have a we have a new franchise. Because Hollywood needs new ideas, let's be honest. <laughs> and I'm glad it's not superheroes or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And and although, yeah, to your point, it although this is not a new new idea, it's 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 a reinvention. It yeah, it's been fresh. refreshed. Yeah, exactly. Uh I love the fact that you know, I mean, as a as someone who loves this genre and everything, he could have easily said, you know what, this is going to take place, uh, you know, in the 20s, the 30s, like as they typically do. Right. And you can kind of get away with these over the top characters and talk a little bit about, um, you know, stereotypes and, and, and whatnot without um, reflecting directly with current events. But Ryan makes a, a, a point and says, no, no. I'm going to make this take place now and I'm going to talk about like how things are going down now, which I think was a bold move on his part with that. Well, it certainly is going to date the movie going forward for sure. I mean, it's, it's set in 2018, 2019 period. That's where it is. Oh God. So, Even to f- sitting around the table and talking about uh, the, Trump. The well, well, and, and the subtle, you know, entitled racism of the rich family. Everyone oh, telling uh, the caregiver, well, I wanted you at the funeral, but I was outvoted. Mm-hmm. Everyone said that to her during the movie. It's like, how many people voted? Every because single one of these characters. Everyone said that to her. <laughs> everyone is, every single one of these characters says at one point about Marta, she's like family. Uh-huh. And yet she's not. And yet they don't remember which country she's from. They have no idea what country she's from. When she, they don't invite her, she's not allowed to come to the funeral. 
uh, she's yeah. They have to vote on whether or not she can come to they the didn't funeral. Vote. They yeah, didn't you're vote. probably right. And and <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, certainly when the will's read, then uh, then that's just over the top. Like they they can't. Like it's so bad that even the worst of the worst, the most rebellious of the the kids, has to act in the family interest. That's how like that's what I thought was so surprising. I mean, the guy that you would expect least to care about the family, Chris Evans's part, right, mm-hmm. is is the one who actually does the most for the family in this uh, on behalf of the family in this story. Well, exactly, and you know he comes across being the caring loving you know that all supportive for marta and he was planning he had planned the whole time to frame her for this thing yeah he set her up from from the the very beginning Mm -hmm. which was the real mystery who paid benoit blanc to be there Mm -hmm. that was the real mystery yeah Yeah. that was the switcheroo it was like wait a minute (laughs) yeah that's the bombshell when he finally you know when when he says that he's struggling with this when he's struggling with it and he and and at the end when he just says and then I forgot, you know about the the biggest mystery of all is who hired me? Like it yeah. was just like like and and that that alone, yeah, even though it, that uh, you know Ransom did that in order to try to you know seal the deal, it it was the the the, the biggest undoing. Mm-hmm. Oh, getting totally. him involved. Hoisted by his own petard. If, yeah. <laughs> Well, you have to kind of know too that if you're gonna, like, I mean, this was kind of silly and stupid on his part. If you, if you invite one of the most, like, mo- well, most well-renowned investigators to look at the case, you well, better make sure everything is solid. Mm-hmm. There's more of that subtle racism too and classism because he's a southerner. Ah, good call. You know, so oh. you think all southerners are dumb. Exactly. He wasn't smart enough to, he's from the South. He wasn't smart enough to figure out what this rich, you know, spoiled New Englander did to his grandfather. Because Ransom's character, he had been with his grandfather for what, a decade serving as his assistant, researching all this stuff. He knew, he knew how to play that game uh, Mm -hmm. of the murder mystery. He knew how to set things up. That's how he set Marta up so perfectly. Well, exactly. And, you know, it was so heartbreaking when he found out that if he didn't commit suicide, since the drugs were messed up already, mm-hmm. he would have survived. Yep. Would have lived. Womp womp. I know. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I want to add about um, uh, um, Chris, uh, yeah, Chris Evans' portrayal here is that. Uh, um, even though I know that he's capable of much more than playing like the, the hero, um, because I've seen him in other roles as well. Although I don't think I've seen him quite as, uh, um, uh, well, quite as, yeah. an, yeah, <laughs> quite as much of an ass hat as he is <laughs> yeah. in this. Right. Um, and that's, and, and, that's unfortunately the thing that, that tipped me off as to who the killer was. I mean, Cause if I had just come off of like 10 movies playing this Paragon <laughs> hero as an actor for a career move, I need to play the opposite of that. Yeah. This oh, is, exactly. you can't, you can't get any more opposite than no, this no. guy, is Captain America, <laughs> right? Uh, this guy is the anti Captain America, but yet on the other hand, 
I'm like, the guy's almost, Chris now, is almost 40, and yet he still looks like he's in his damn 30s. Well, that's oh, dude. He looks like <laughs> yeah, he's it's not fair. He looks like he's in his late 20s. Come on, give it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, he's the young kid, right? Of the of the of the grandson or whatever and I'm like, "Really?" Like that's any and yet I don't question it cuz you want you want to see another aging casting trick? Kay Callan who plays the great grandmother, right? The mother of Harlan is younger than Christopher Plummer. Yeah, but she's she's got tons of makeup and stuff on. Yeah, but oh, she's yeah. still that's playing good. Chris you Evans know, does she's this. playing 98. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the that's the that's the trick of the Golden Girls, right? Because the young the one that was the oldest of the Golden Girls was actually the youngest actress. Is that yes. correct? Yes. Yeah. So I, that's that's that. They, they did that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So those two actors. Then we've got oh man, I mean, uh, uh, just a tour de force of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette. Uh, who else do you want to speak about? I think we have to speak about Ana de Armas. <laughs> oh, that would be nice to talk about her. I mean, since, since she's like the lead, really. Oh, her eyes. She stole it with her eyes and her eyebrows. Just the expressions she was giving. She, those should, the eyebrows should win the award for Best Actress, you know? She was sure. just awesome. She was very awesome. I, I, I hadn't seen her in much. Uh, I saw her in, of course, Blade Runner 2049, I think, uh, last year. Is that when that came out? But, um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, she didn't. I mean, she was just a hologram there. Um, totally different than... She was a uh, great Disney. hologram. Uh, you want to talk about against type. I mean, now she's, like, the most real person in this. Um, and, you know, I, I got to credit her because I, I don't know how much of her is in this role and this character, but... I mean, if 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 Ryan didn't say anything else but just the one word how to play this, sincere. I mean, because she's she's always sincere in this, and that's important because nobody else is. Oh yeah, in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's she's a like great the one person. Oh, she she's is the one good person. She's yes, the, she's the one good person with a crutch. Mm-hmm. She has a one huge crutch that, that she whole, can't lie. I can't. I can't lie because I'm going to vomit. Yeah, what did you think about that? I mean, that's, it's kind of ridiculous, but yet, I mean, but it's a it's nice. ridiculous, but believable. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it, it's a nice <laughs> tool for, for Ryan to play with as far as when she's lying, when she's not. Um, and of course, you know, the payoff at the end is fantastic. Like, oh, totally. totally. <laughs> that was, that was perfect. <laughs> I mean, I think all of us in the in in the audience, when she says when she gets off the phone and says that she's alive, I think we all know that she's lying, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just waiting. <laughs> we're just moment. waiting for her to erupt. Oh, of course, that that isn't truthfully that's a no brainer. You know, we were all like going, "Oh no," you know, like that. Just yeah. waiting. Yeah. And I think it does cause us to every time she is confronted by a character, we're waiting. We're waiting to see what she needs to do. Like if she, you know, if she's going to get sick afterwards or if she's not, if she's going to have to try to hold it in, whatever, you know. Yeah, it's more information. And you know, it's either reliable or absolutely she's lying her pants off right now. So, And she puked into the cup in the car. I was like, wow. That was, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Wow. Like, how do you not smell that in a car? 
<laughs> oh. I mean, even if it, I mean, it's got a lid on it, it's got a straw in there. <laughs> like, ugh, how, ugh. how do you not disguise that? How does that happen? Uh, I do think Knives Out is going to do a lot for a lot of people, but I think it's probably going to do the most for her. Well, she's a Bond girl. She'll be in the next Bond movie with Daniel Craig. Is she? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she's actually a Bond girl, you know, like the classic Bond girl, but she's right, in right. a Bond movie. So technically a Bond girl. That's pretty awesome. So. Yeah, it- and, and, and yeah, we have to, I mean, we're rooting for her uh, the whole way because we don't really know what, there's there's times where we're, we might not approve of what her moves are, but yet we, she's a nice person and she's out of everybody here. She's a nice person. And that's kind of also, I think, the the underlying theme of this, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter, you know, like, uh all this stuff about what you say, what you believe and all this kind of stuff. It just comes down to whether or not you're a nice person. Well, that's true. But there was a part of the movie where you were thinking, is she playing us? Yes. Is she, is yes. she playing the family? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yep. So even, she was not above suspicion in this movie at all for oh, a no. good two thirds of it. Well, oh, exactly. It, and then the scene at the very end when she's like looking She's standing on the balcony with the coffee and the towel, uh-huh. the blanket over her, <laughs> looking down at all of them. Like, did she plan this the entire time? Yeah, it makes you question everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't get that from that scene. I at that point, I was. I think it was, more I was the way it was filmed, and it could be. But I do think that you know, and Darren, you've watched enough of these as well. Now you're always on your guard when you watch these, like you're, you don't believe anything anybody says, Uh, you know, anytime there's a flashback, you don't believe it. Um, You know, I mean, how many, like who thought Harlan was going to pop up alive at at some point? Oh, I did. Yeah. I I thought could be a trick. (laughs) I wanted to get, I wanted to get all you ungrateful kids, you know, Uh that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Because we kept going back to that party. Yes. And and him cutting everybody off one by one by one. It's like, oh, well, you know, this is just roll the dice and I'll meet you in the lounge because, (laughs) as as they said, he's living on a clue board for crying out loud. Oh, very much so. Pretty much. And again, that's what struck me too is like he was cutting off all these people and he was telling them what they think. He was cutting ties. And yet the only one with balls enough to do something because he knew that he was doing this to everybody. The whole family yeah. was ransom. Like, like the guy that everybody accuses of doing the least amount of work or doing like being the, the, the guy who like doesn't want to work at all being, you know, the, well, I don't think he did it for the family. He did it for himself. I think he did it. No. For the, I mean, certainly to his, yes. Cause when, I he, think, when he meets with Anna after he's like, my cut, I just want my cut, yeah. but he didn't, he, re- but, he didn't put it on anybody else. True. Like he could have framed anybody in that house. Oh, very easily. Oh, totally. And, and much better he, choices. Actually. Yes. <laughs> he might've gotten away with it too. <laughs> I know, right? Frame Tony Collette who went up there to check on the go pieces, you know? Yep. Yeah. It's true. She, she was prime for being framed in that scenario. 
Um, any other standouts for you? We've got Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Tony Collette, uh, Don Johnson. You know, Jamie Lee Curtis struck me as she was the only one without a real definitive motive. I mean, sure, when her father dies, she would inherit, right? Like everybody else in the room. But she didn't have, like, a hate motive on her father. Not a hate, but she also – she thought she was going to become the matriarch of everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. She totally had that. But I don't think she was in a rush to get there. Right. I don't think – yeah, it didn't sound like he was – he had anything – like, if anything, he – you know, he had – like, Harlan had bad news for her. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. with the oh, uh, affair and, and, and yeah. love when she found out found out oh yeah oh yeah oh, with the invisible the candle, ink the yeah. paper so good it's like okay now your marriage is falling apart on top of your son going to jail <laughs> you're not yeah. getting any money the congratulations minute, <laughs> the minute, the minute uh, her husband opened the note and saw there was nothing there and just set it down and laughed i'm like yeah. no no that's gonna we come back do, 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 throw that knew. away throw that away <laughs> burn <laughs> it burn yeah. it <laughs> that'll come back to bite you <laughs> And I was like, oh, oh, you stupid moron. That's I'm like, it, there's a, I know that there's a working fireplace in this house. You Just think, use right? it. Oh, you saw it multiple times in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, it was just, it was so, so well done. And it was just, you're right. Jamie Lee Curtis was, she basically played herself, you know, that, you know, oh, yeah. the t- in she this. Ripped. Oh, she did. Riff. Uh, Michael Sheehan was awesome. Yes. Yeah. He he was awesome as the younger brother with the cane and everything. And I the first time I saw I said, Who is it? Oh, that's General Zod. Wait, yeah. General Zod. <laughs> and um it, go ahead, Mike, sorry. No, no. And then, you know, the Don Johnson and they all play nice at first. You think, Oh, these are decent people, you know, when they're all when they all come <laughs> and, they, and they see, you know, Marta and everything. Oh, hey kiddo, you doing all right? You know, that whole thing. And it was just like, Oh, they're they're decent people and then the cracks started oh yes. Cool. yeah yes I, uh, tony collette oh my god <laughs> oh she's so, just so oh. condescending oh. to everybody and dismissive about everything like well you know <laughs> <laughs> the uh i want to dial it back to michael shannon just for a minute because sure. that scene between him confront uh, after the will he confronts marta outside her house Oh, I thought and he was going to do something really bad. He, he yeah, that was scary. He's passively aggressing, aggressively threatening her. Oh yeah, and totally. it's just a brilliant performance. Like, like there's so many ways that that just couldn't have that wouldn't have pulled off. But the fact that I'm watching Michael Shannon do this, and I'm like, I know motherfuckers like this. Like, I know, yeah. like, I know people like this. You know that that this is how they threaten you, and it's mm-hmm. like they think they're doing you a favor by threatening you uh, mm-hmm. this way i'm doing this just, for the best of you you know yeah for, for yeah yeah interest. oh come on you really know come on like this you know you don't deserve this like this is you know like it's just it's evil mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he might be like in my opinion the like the worst of the family i think so he was kind of one of my picks i thought maybe he had done it at first yeah, the only thing about that is that I didn't think he had the spine because, like yeah. I said, he, like the way he threatens her, he just he just doesn't have the spine for. Well, he's it. just if trying he, to close in physically on her, and I mean that was yeah. his whole problem that he didn't have a. And spine. He couldn't do like, that to his dad. He, yeah, he didn't know. Like you know, he's just kind of riding on the back of his father with the publishing. He doesn't have anything. He can't. He doesn't really do anything for himself. Uh, his 
his family is kind of a joke. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, this guy has no sense of, of doing it, being an entitlement. I mean, he has a sense of entitlement, but he doesn't have any sense of like doing anything really. Uh, so I didn't think he was capable of, of killing anybody. Well, it's like his dad put him in charge of all the, uh, the publishing. So one book a year, that's what he does. We find out later. Oh, really? That's his job? One book a year? Okay. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. What's he exactly. doing with the other? I don't know how long it takes to yeah. publish He doesn't a book, even have but... to worry about like <laughs> merchandising or anything because no. like, Harlan doesn't want any of that stuff done. So he doesn't even have to oversee that. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. And I kind of felt bad for him because he had all these ideas to expand the business. And, you know, that Netflix had come to them with this huge offer to make, you know, series. <laughs> And that was a nice. That was a nice drop by Ryan Johnson too. I'm sure he's been approached. <laughs> oh, you think? And it I'm was. Sure. It was. It and it was just awesome. It was the way they did it, and I felt bad for him. You know, like, and then the father literally firing him right at his birthday party. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you need to go do your own thing. You need to start off on your. You know, it's just like, you know, I th- I don't think you're needed anymore. It's like, <gasps> oh crap. <laughs> Well, I mean, in a way, he's enabled all this bad behavior by just throwing money at the problem. Oh, of course. And I hate and, to say and it. I've, I've seen that in families before. It does not solve the problem no. <laughs> at all. Just makes it worse. Makes it worse down the road. <laughs> Very yeah, these, much so. These, the, yeah. I think this whole family is evidence of that. Um, and, I mean, I think at the – and, unfortunately, Harlan realizes that much too late. Yeah, he does. Uh, no mention of Harlan's wife or their mother. Is that right? No, Mm-mm. no. Which I thought was kind of interesting because I, you know, presumed deceased. You know, uh, I would imagine so. And they don't um, mention how their brother died either, because that's how Tony Collette's character is there. She is the wife of the oh, dead brother. Good right. call, right? So, the, the, I was hoping that they would go somewhere with. Well, you know, he died in an accident or something like that, but they never got that specific with it just to implicate her character a little more of having the capacity to do something, mm-hmm. you know? So, but they never got there. They just said, Oh, you know, he's deceased. Oh, he's gone. Don't, mm-hmm. yeah, don't worry. Yep. Exactly. Um, I have to say that uh, even though he wasn't one of the quote unquote main cast, um, loved seeing Frank Oz in the role oh, of yeah. Harlan Loy- as Harlan's <laughs> yes, lawyer. that was great. I had to think about it. It was like at first, I was like, I know <laughs> I that did. voice. I know I that. I know the voice, but I couldn't recognize him until the credits. I'm like, Frank Oz? Uh, oh. So awesome. Waka, waka, waka. Waka. <laughs> Hermie, Hermie, there's a murder. Hermie. No. <laughs> I bet you he did that. <laughs> And, uh, you know, even that is not this a throwaway. This is still our house. Everyone <laughs> looks over to the lawyer. <laughs> even that character is not a throwaway. I mean, because no. he's got this, like, stuff going on with his assistant who is there doing everything for him. And yet, like, she's, like, when he's reading the will and everything, she's off in the back sleeping. Like, she's, like, it's it's just this weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't. Okay. Like when I when when I rewatch this, I'm definitely paying more attention to the like the stuff in the background. Oh, they had to oh, be gosh. there for they had to be there for hours arguing being, it, being yelled at, and, by being, the and the assistant just like I'm going to bed, I'm, I'm yeah. here and <laughs> laying my head down, and poor so Frank now. Oz is just sitting there getting yelled at. Oh, it was just awesome. And and this is going to be a movie that's going to bear a rewatch anyway. Oh so you yes, catch everything that was said that led you to the obvious person who was behind it all 
but you missed on the first viewing because you were too wrapped up in yes. the Anna de Armas characters drama because you knew like a third of the way in they revealed everything you think but now you've got this other third act where it's like how does she avoid getting caught oh and the last third act which is like oh crap things are ramping up something else is going on here oh and i loved it i loved when she confronted the blackmailer yeah that was such an awesome and out of the she's such a good person she called 911 Mm-hmm. to try to save her and i love when the ambulance was pulling up and daniel craig's character is listening <laughs> to the music singing. Singing. Yes, <laughs> he's totally zoned out <laughs> james bond he is not <laughs> not <laughs> at all um Which okay so the, craig so you know this is the least, worst car chase ever ever <laughs> there were at least three moments in this movie where i i i actually and i kind of alluded to this where i said i can't believe like this is this happening i can't believe this is happening the first was when they showed us the flashback that marta did kill him like when she talks to about like when she sort of reveals or we see her story and we find out that she did it. I was like, this can't, like, this is early. Like, this can't yeah. be this easy. Yeah. Right? It wasn't um, the great elite. summing up, you know, that you usually get at the end. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, okay, well, this puts a whole spin on it. Like, now what do we do? Because it's an accident. And I'm like, what? How, you know, it's re- how is this going to be resolved? So, um, um, but, so but see, that, that's, that goes into the subtle racism of the whole thing. An accident caused by a maid of foreign origin sure united states rich family she's going to jail well it's the it's the whole spin and her mom's on, like, getting deported period it's the whole spin on the butler did it right like oh, totally yeah i mean it's not there's no butler here but it's the help right mm-hmm. it's the, we wouldn't do that we're civilized right um well that was the first thing because then i was like and then i was on my guard towards marta too because i was like is she just maybe she's making this up maybe she doesn't really have to throw up when she lies you know this kind of thing like maybe she's playing everybody so i kind of was on my guard there um about i don't know uh in the next act sometime i really just threw that all away though because once we see her freaking out about the footsteps and the piece of wood that the dog has and everything like that i was (laughs) i was totally on her side i was like marta i'm with you like this is like i just you know worst game of fetch ever yes Um, (laughs) (laughs) the uh the other two times where i couldn't believe what i was seeing was i couldn't believe that someone now we know it's ransom actually like took out the medical facility the the the, uh medical examiner's facility like i was like what like like, that's that's so extreme it's like i need to get this report so you know what i'm just gonna burn the whole place down (laughs) just make extra sure (laughs) i'm like do you know how many cases that you've actually ruined now like Uh but is is there any other way to stop that from getting out no I, I apparently not. Um, yeah, because he didn't have near the connections that uh, the uh, what was she? She was Brand, not the, the, housekeeper. the housekeeper, right? Yes. Yeah. Which I think that was something that you know how they talk about when uh, whodunits don't play fair. Uh huh. We didn't know that she had a cousin, or we did, and I missed it in the first part of the movie where that worked for the coroner's office. I I'm pretty sure they probably have dropped it now that I'm saying it. 
somewhere in I there. I think she mentioned it at the during one of the stories that was really quick. Exactly. It was I think yeah. I think when they were talking I think it was the evening when they were they she showed the stash of her her joints above the fireplace. And that's where Marta also knew that's where she kept the copy of the coroner, the the toxicology. But it was it was the young daughter who had the uh, the joints. That wasn't Fran. No, Fran. It was Fran's. Was it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was Fran. I thought it was the young crazy daughter. No, Uh, it was Fran's joints. That's yeah. She that was her hiding place above the fireplace. All right. See, it bears a rewatch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm going to definitely. This is definitely going to be owned. Oh, totally. Yeah. The uh, the other thing was just the car chase because it was just so ridiculous and at yes. the end and, you know it needed it needed at the cop at the end to be like that was the dumbest car chase mm. <laughs> you know because it really was ridiculous but it was so for it I am for it <laughs> I know she didn't, like, was she in a Prius right she was she was in a Prius or something it was going forty five miles an hour <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah. We've all gone to a con in that car. <laughs> oh God, yes. <laughs> all right. So, uh, so let me ask you because I know we're we're we've only you know we've got a little bit of time left to talk about this, but I wanted to. All right. So, Ryan Johnson uh, makes um, Last Jedi to a like. If I say it's controversial, that's an understatement, right? I mean, it yeah. li- literally like broke Star Wars fans. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, it broke fandom, Star Wars fandom. Like, I don't know if it's quite pretty in much half. in half. Yeah. I don't know if it's fifty-fifty. I hope it's not because I'm, you know, I'm. I, I seem to. I hope it's a, a, a little bit more minority that. But then, um, but you know, in this one, he kind of doubles down where he says, "You know what? I'm not afraid to talk about you know social or have representation or talk about social things in my movies." In fact. I'm going to give you a whodunit and I'm going to just make it obvious in this movie what's going on here. And if you choose not to see it, that's on you, but it's there. And actually I think it's pretty obvious. Like I would imagine that the people that didn't like, like last Jedi for those reasons are going to watch this and be the same way. Of course they are. I didn't like it. You know, that type of thing. Like, uh, yeah, once they get to the the scene where they're all talking about politics and everything, they're going to be like, oh, why did that need to be in there? Right. Like that. But I don't think they get it. That's the whole point of this movie. Well, well I mean, that, it's, that's it's what families are discussing now when they get together. Politics is going to come up. Absolutely. Oh, God, that, yes. that, that's a thing. Period. <laughs> and it, and it, was, it was true of the ones that we saw before. But you know what? because they were they took place in the 20s and 30s we can look back on them now and we can go oh well you know they're talking about you know slavery or injustice or racism back then but it doesn't really relevant now because that's all in the past yep yeah i think it's it's a little bit harder when it hits closer to home and makes you really think about like what kind of privileges do i have in my life you know what things am i blind to Mm -hmm. in my own circles like and in, in what ways am I like this family? And it makes you uncomfortable and it should make you uncomfortable. So I'm glad that Ryan Johnson is willing as a filmmaker to make some bold choices and get us to ask some deeper questions just beyond an, an entertaining narrative, which it uh, still exactly. is. Exactly. He took can it I, on right on. 
can I just say also too that if Ashley is questioning whether or not she's has aspects of herself that are like this family, then we're all doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we all have a darker nature that could possibly sure, come out sure, of sure. the right circumstances. I think that's just part of being humanity and we just we tamp it down as best we could, you know, as time goes on. I'm sure we've all said, I'm gonna kill that whoever. You know, that's something that pops into our heads, but then once we say it, we go, no, no, we're human beings. We're not going to do that. We're going to do something else. But some, for some people, once that switch gets flipped, it's flipped and it's done. <laughs> I mean, it's it, premeditated it, murder. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a fine line because you don't want these to be, you know, overblown uh, characters where nobody can take them seriously because you've got to invest in these people in mm-hmm. some level. But on the other hand, uh, they're they're not. It's not realistic. I mean, they're not real. It, I mean, Ryan Johnson's not trying to tell uh, a real story. I mean, as far as realism, he's not trying to enact realism into this genre, right? No, they're they're caricatures for sure. Exactly. Oh, very and, much so. And is it, I get the feeling though. It's one of those things where if people who sort of are like these characters in real life. I, I do wonder if they'll watch this and recognize themselves or if they'll just be like, well, nah. that woman was pretty awful. And then it's like, but mom, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, you know? that, that's, that's a hard thing to ask people to do right now. <laughs> There's not a lot of self-examination going on out in the pulp. Which makes culture. this even more of a bold statement. Totally. I think. Mm-hmm. It does. It really does. Did you I mean, notice I... in the movie poster, they were all dressed up in different colors. Mm-hmm. I was like very, mm-hmm. very evocative of clue. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Yes. And I think that's what they wanted you to think. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you weren't getting Clue with this. This was not Clue. Oh, this no. Is just, yeah, this is just a fun whodunit, da-da-da, you know, like, but there's a there's an underlying seriousness to this that I, I really appreciated. And, um, it's but a it's not in a hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a donut in a hole trapped in a donut hole. <laughs> It's another donut inside of it. (laughs) Oh, the donut monologue. I I, I just want that printed up on eight by five cards and hand them out at Dragon Con next year. Yeah, the fact that uh, (laughs) Daniel Craig could make uh, that such a memorable scene uh, is to his credit. I mean, if he's not nominated, yeah, that's another thing. Like, okay, so I know that this has got some Golden Globe nominations. Mm -hmm. We're a ways away for the Oscars, but. uh, I know that uh, as far as Golden Globe, it's got a best uh, best motion picture in the musical or comedy category, um, best actor for Craig, and best actress for um, Ana de, de Armas. Oh, um, sweet. Wonderful. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so good she call. She so deserves it, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think so uh, Ingrid I Bergman some... won um, for the year of Murder on the Orient Express as supporting actress. I think you're right. Yeah, I think, I, I she think she's the only one who's actually won anything for a whodunit previously. I could be wrong, but like a classic Agatha Christie style whodunit, I think that's it. That's a that's an interesting question. I would love to be able to figure that, like, to, yeah, to find that out. I have to Google that at some point. Someone was just asking me the other day. They said, they said, uh, they asked me because I they know that I've been really getting into film noir lately, and they were like, "Has that has anybody ever won an award like an Oscar or anything for anything film noirish?" And I'm like. I think so, but I don't know that for sure. And it, it's true that these these kind of movies, 
uh, the whodunits or whatever are not usually taken extremely seriously. Well, not by the not by the academy, of course. No, right, of that's course what I mean. Not. You know, so yeah. But I think I, mean, I hope this one is because it's wonderful. Oh, me too. Yeah, it's I one could, of my favorites I, of the year. I would get behind if this one, you know, had a campaign for best movie, best Oscar for best like of all of them. I would, you know, even though look, it's hard for me to deny the amazing uh, event that Avengers Endgame was like that. Yeah. To me, was something that it was a culmination of decades of work. Right. And it and it paid off in a way that we've never seen before. But I don't. I don't think the Academy is going to be like, is going to recognize that at all. Like, I just, I don't yeah, even think that's not, going to be on the It's not their list. style. I think they pushed the envelope when they recognized Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that was a big shocker. Uh, they, I think they finally just had to go, all right. You know. Well, I thought also because of that, because it was the last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they thought. Right. They and, thought, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. We all, right. we uh, all can, we re- can we retract that Oscar now, please? And <laughs> also, you know, it, it usually doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't correspond with if it's something makes a lot of money, usually the Oscars kind of back off. It's like, well, it's like yeah, it's because the biggest it's box office. Of the commercial season. success. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, you know, it must be okay. It, when it, You want to talk about classism, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. You can do a whole um, class about that in the Oscars. So, so it Oof. would be kind of ironic then if Knives Out was able to be a front runner and pull out a victory as well. Like I, just... I think it'll probably get an original screenplay nod. Oh, cool. Yes, yes that's a good idea. Very um, much so. but I think that's as far as it's going to go. I hate to say. I mean, huh? I, might... I would love for one of the actors to be nominated. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just, I look at this movie and I think this is not a movie Oscar likes. Yeah, the fact just that in the generic way of Oscar liking things. Yeah, I mean, we don't. It's not a. I mean, you know, dare I say it's not a. It's not a super strong year. Oh no, uh, it's not. Um, yeah, you know, we've got there. There's got some leeway there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some dramas that have come out. Uh, certainly, that are still coming out. Oh yeah. That uh, you know, like they're rushing them in to get them eligible for Oscar voting. Yeah, so. they do that. But they do that all the time. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Totally. That's Last minute. So, yeah, so 1917, I think, is the biggest one that's not been out yet, but I'm pretty sure that one is going to tick all the boxes. But right? they always do, you know, out in limited, you know, releases in, mm-hmm. you know, in December. Like in December, in, and then in, they'll the release, release in February exactly. before Oscar voting. It's like, ah, I see what you're doing. Yeah, they, yep. they do that all the time. Oh, yeah. And, totally. and now it even is a little bit more, it's a lot more muddled because now you can put something in a, a theater, like you could put something in a couple of theaters, then put it on Netflix and it'll be eligible. Right. Oh, so, well, that's what they did with, uh, with the, the Irishman and, and uh, Dolomite is my name. Dolomite. Exactly. Yep. So, and I think, I think is marriage story that way too. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. And marriage story is getting a lot of buzz for a lot of buzz. Yeah. It was yeah. fantastic. What's, what's the one Ford versus whoever. Oh, Ford oh, versus yeah. Ferrari. Yeah, that yeah. one's getting buzzed too for Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Sure, but, sure. But I'm looking forward to 1917. That looks truly amazing. Me too. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, but I think this one still can hold its own. I mean, I know it's not um, a typical, you know, like like Darren pointed out, whodunits usually don't get it. I mean, if they're lavishly beautiful, like Murder on the Orient Express was. Well, Oscar loves a period piece. Yes. So there, there's there's exceptions to the rule. 
right? So, and you know, they really like you know um, having that uh, sort of you know old timer who maybe never got one. You know, like yeah, I would not be surprised if you see like Christopher Plummer slide in with a nomination, right? A supporting actor, like, yeah, yeah, yeah supporting you know, actor, sure, yeah, yeah. just uh, just to be like, hey, you know, yeah. just so they could put the stats up, like he was first nominated, like because like fifty years ago he was in Sound of Music, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. like, oh, he's what, been what, so yeah. many, yeah. oh, he's sure. been so much, sure. And but they uh, but they do look for things like that just to give someone who's towards the end of their career a nod. Well, you know? I will also say this for this movie though. You also had great costumes and the cinematography was awesome in those. Uh-huh. Yes. It was. It really was. Yeah. And the music I'm not saying it's not worthy. The I'm music, saying it's Oscar. That's I thought the, the music problem. was fantastic <laughs> as well. Um I know that uh uh usually Ryan Johnson, his go to mu- music guy is uh his cousin, Nathan Johnson. Um, and they've done uh, three of his movies together. Um, you know, for some reason, they wanted some guy Williams to do the Star Wars. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine I that. I'm shocked so, on that one. I know, right? So, <laughs> so, uh, so he had to go somewhere else uh, for that. But, um, so, but I think the music was solid as well. Um, uh, after listening to a couple of the pieces, because there's um, there's some nice quartet uh, action in this one, uh, as far as the soundtrack goes, and I'm like, oh, I might might have to buy me this because it just sounds really you don't they don't make soundtracks like this anymore no very much so it'll be very interesting to see what comes out of it and you know i'm hoping you know like we everyone says you know with it being a fairly weak year another movie we didn't even bring up that i'm hoping gets some nomination is also rocket man oh, oh that would yeah. be good yeah. that would be good you know because i know um, he just got nominated for Best Actor with the Writers Guild Awards. So hopefully that'll lead into something. Mm-hmm. Rocket Man was basically snubbed by the Golden Globes. Wow, was it? No, well, too bad. Actually, I mean, uh, Taron was nominated for Best Performance in a Motion Picture for Musical Comedy. Same with yeah. Daniel Craig. So. Yeah. So, But we all know Leonardo DiCaprio is going to win that. Or <laughs> maybe even Eddie Murphy. You know? What? You never know. Well, for Dolomite. Oh, okay. He was but great. This is this is not an Oscars preview show. No, uh, <laughs> it is not now. yet. <laughs> I know, uh, but my point is that you know I hope that Knives Out. It certainly, for as my as I think it might be my second favorite movie this year. I mean, again, I have to give major props to the everything that Avengers Endgame did, but it's such a unique thing that um, I almost feel like. It, it it's better for me to call knives out of like a my favorite movie or maybe my favorite film because 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 you know uh event end game was sort of more an event oh yeah, Whereas yeah this definitely. is just a, 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 a this is just a great film I, I think i think kevin feige and the whole marvel crew deserve a special award acknowledgement oscar for doing 22 films and tying them together in continuity because that's that's crazy. Look at look at 007. Yeah. More than 22 films, but you can't tie them together in continuity. You don't know what happened from in the last one. No, they've been, they've been, forward in the next one. That doesn't apply. Well, typically. it has applied in the last five. It has applied to Craig, but that's about yeah. it, you know. So, so and go, uh, go back and figure out where that Lazenby movie is supposed look, to Look, and speaking <laughs> of that, you know, I saw the the trailer for uh the new Daniel Craig Bond movie and I have to say that, you know, it's like okay, as good as I like, you know, as much as I like James Bond, as I, as much as I like Daniel Craig as James Bond, 
um, I'm more excited to see him return as Benoit Blanc. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. this point. Yep. <laughs> they got a cinematic universe. Well, this is his last Bond movie. So yes, that's what he said. Like, that's what he, he said that the last three times. So, so well, I wouldn't take that. I, so. I guess if they write the check big enough. If they write a check big enough, then uh, <laughs> I, I can only hope that, you know, Johnson gets out a, a, another uh, piece of paper, meaning a good script, which will, uh, you know, uh, entice him a little bit more. So. Indeed. All right. So last words on Knives Out, at least for this podcast, Ashley. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed this movie. It's going to end up on my list of favorites this year as well, near the top. It just felt fresh and different. And we've all talked before, as much as I love like all the superhero things, those are great. It's nice to see some original stories too. So I think there's definitely space for both in terms of um our entertainment world so it's always nice to see movies like this do well alongside movies like the avengers and i hope that if people haven't seen it yet i think it's still in theaters knives out is well worth your time seeing on the big screen yeah people listen to us now that uh we spoiled the whole thing yeah <laughs> yes yeah it's still worth seeing i promise it is it <laughs> is you know what it is because every single one of us want to see it again oh god absolutely yes. absolutely yeah. we know how it turned out yet we still want to see it again uh-huh. Uh, last words from you, Darren. Uh, go see it. Go see it. Go see it. It's a great ensemble cast. There's not a dud in the cast. Um, the the script is great. The writing's tight. The action, what is there, is good. Go see the movie. Mike, go see this movie. If you have any inkling of loving a mystery, loving a really awesome story. You know, we've blown it already by telling you everything that's pretty much happened in this movie if you haven't seen it yet. But even if you have seen it, go see it again. It's really worth seeing it more than once. And, you know, I'm actually even thinking, you know, everyone's going to go see Star Wars this weekend. But go see this movie also. It's a nice little palate cleanser between Star Wars and this. You know, it's night and day. And, folks, you're going to have a blast. I agree. I agree. Knives Out is a great time at the movies. It's a great time. You know, look, even though I like seeing it on the big screen, I can't say that it's absolutely necessary. Uh, When this thing hits on streaming, I think it's going to do even better. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because, you know, the word of mouth, you know, for everybody who didn't see it in the theater, uh, they'll be like, hey, did you check that out? That was really fun. Um, And it's one that I think as... Yes, as whodunits goes, you know, the mystery is there. But once you, it, it, the mystery is only part of the fun in this. Uh, the rest of it is just such clever writing, great characters, great confrontations, and just really memorable moments. And that's, I mean, what more didn't you ask for in a movie than that? So That's true. Uh, I'm so impressed with Ryan Johnson that uh, I am going to make it a point now to to within the next month or so to see Looper and Brick because obviously I've been missing out on this guy's work. I mean, I didn't know I like Last Jedi, but I didn't know he was capable of this kind of stuff. So uh, I'm really impressed and I can't wait to see what he does next. Um, All right. Well, that covers our review of Knives Out and uh, we will be right back after the ESO Network conference. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about holiday-themed specials on TV for you to watch this season. 
Now, there are so many fun-themed holiday specials and shows every year, so here are a few I would suggest for your viewing this year. Many of these can be found on Netflix, and they help keep you sane from watching all those Christmas Hallmark movies that I'm sure you've also been watching this season. So first up, I would say the Agretzico Christmas Special. I did an episode on this last year, but this is such a great little Christmas special, and it really holds up to this year, too, and it's so fun to watch. Next up, the Sabrina the Teenage Witch Christmas Special, which this one was really, really fun, and I love that they did a Christmas special for this show instead of a Halloween special. And it's just so fun. The story they picked was cool, and if you haven't seen this show, you should totally check it out. Next up, every single Doctor Who Christmas special ever. These are my favorite Doctor Who episodes, and the BBC generally has them on rerun blast around this time of the year. So I would check those out too. And if you're not into the super drama stuff or science fiction Christmas episodes or holiday theme stuff, there is the Great British Baking Show's holiday special, too, that you could watch and get into that cooking feeling if you want to bake some cookies or something, you know, if that's more your style. Also, if you have Disney+, Plus, you can watch a ton of the Disney Christmas films, like A Muppet Christmas Carol, Nightmare Before Christmas... They have all the Santa Claus movies up there, and they have all the fun Mickey Christmas specials, too. However, if you have cable, there are a bunch of great Christmas specials and holiday specials playing right now. And I know that they will help get you into that Christmas spirit with some fun holiday-themed shows while drinking hot cocoa with extra, extra, extra marshmallows. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And what will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support. And your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. For the week of December 20th, 2019, we're back. It's the Con Report. We are back and we are ready to talk about the next decade of cons that you can find ESO Network folks out. Yes, that's right. You kind of scared me there. It was like decade? I thought it was thinking century. I don't know. It's just crazy. Not quite a century, no. But in addition to being a new year, we're also in a new decade. So it's a new decade of cons. But you know what? These are some familiar cons that we've gone to many, many times. And we are revisiting right early in the month of January. Starting with January 12th, it's the uh, Atlanta Comic Convention. And, you know, if you're going to start a convention season, uh, it's not a bad uh, place to do this one. Uh, This is a uh, small show. It's a one-day show. It's in Atlanta. It's been in the same hotel for, man, almost 10 years now, I think. Um, And uh, But it's still a fun show. It's a nice, comfortable show. Very uh, cool people. Um, Lots of great talent. 
and good deals. So if it's ads for Christmas, got some money to spend, you want to spend it on some $5 trades, maybe two for one trades. Like there's a lot of uh, good deals there to get for a reading as well as, uh, I don't know about the merchandise, Mike. Do you think the, that's a good place to shop for pop figures as well? Uh, there is there. It depends on what vendors they have. Cause sometimes they have, you know, huge, stands of pop figures but sometimes they have just like one or two and it's like come on we need more than this we need tons more i I would guess that you know certain a lot of people getting wanting to get rid of their surplus that they might have had the holidays are looking to get rid of them here so um so yeah keep an eye out there's going to be some good deals to be to be seen there and i think uh they've got some guests that are going to be announced as well pretty soon but uh, Mike and I always show up. Uh, we don't have tables there, so uh, we're just uh, milling about. Uh, usually Mike takes the morning shift and I take the afternoon. Um, but uh, also a lot of good friends of the station are going to be there too. So if you're planning on being there, give us a shout out and uh, we will meet up with you and say howdy and uh, talk about all the good things that are coming in 2020, including uh, the next show that um, is the next week after that, January 17th to the 20th, is actually up north. It's in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, and it is Aresia. It is a uh, show that is a, um, a fan-run show about science fiction, fantasy, uh, all sorts of pop culture stuff goes on there. Lots of panels. And speaking of panels, you'll find... Kevin from the Flopcast, uh, Kevin Eldridge there on quite a number of them. I, I think he did, I don't know, uh, maybe 200 of them uh, last year. So uh, looking for him to break that record this year. Um, I don't think there's any water aerobics, especially not in January, because uh, I do believe I think this is near the water. So you don't want to be doing some water aerobics in January, uh, certainly near the Boston Bay, Boston Harbor. But uh, you know, you might even get a cornflake sighting as well. Uh, I haven't got confirmation that she's going to be there, but you know, it is, it is her turf. So, um, and the mayor probably will be around, I think last year she was in a chicken suit. So, uh, you might be able to spot her as well, but those are all, you know, conjecture. We do know that Kevin Eldridge is going to be there. So seek him out, do, uh, go to one of his panels. He, the, the guy does great panel work. So if there's a topic that you're interested in that he's going to be on, you know he's going to do it justice. And uh, and we, we wish we could be there in person. But those are the two conventions that we've got coming up in January. There's more to come, uh, announcements in about February and other uh, months of the 2020. Mike and I are still ironing out our, uh, our schedule, our personal schedule for the conventions. And uh, I don't know about you, Mike, but it looks like I'm, I'm, I'm amazed at how many of them we've had. Uh, some years where there's a conflict, it doesn't seem like there's too many conflicts this year so far. Cause it looks like, so it looks like I'll be going to a lot more conventions than usual because there's, mm-hmm. there's, they're, they're not happening at the same time. So. Oh, most definitely. I think it's going to be, you know, more cons, more con report and probably even some extra stuff for the Patreon and stuff. If we do panels. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've uh, definitely talking to some uh, conventions about doing panels, but if you are holding a convention and you want us to help out in any way we can, we can have you on to promote it. We can of course participate in panels. Uh, We uh, be glad to help out as much as we can. So please feel free to reach out to us because we love talking about conventions.
So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Darren, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. Anything you want to shout out about? Um, Legion of Superheroes number two comes out on 1218. That is this coming Wednesday. So um, if you haven't read it and you like sci-fi, superhero, soap opera, drama, action, pick it up. Yep. Number one was fantastic. And I'm looking forward to see what they do. And it's like, (gasps) this is the Legion I've been waiting for my whole life. I know. And the solicitor number five revealed a long dead character is actually alive. Woohoo! Well, this is a whole new universe, of course. It, it, it is. Yeah. So, hey, there's there's no rules right now. Exactly. So, welcome back, Feralide. You know, indeed. So that is pretty cool. And of course, Ashley. Thank you so much for letting me be on tonight, despite my terrible sounding voice. It's okay, Peter. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to tell, just in case anyone's listening to the podcast for the first time, I promise I don't sound like this every time I'm on. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we said, don't play ball in the house. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I must say, Ashley, now I'm concerned because uh, we've got you back next Monday. Um, and I would imagine that your voice is going to get uh, a workout. Uh, yes. from seeing the Star Wars movie. So I'm hoping <laughs> that you could still talk about it uh, next week when we uh, reconvene. I'll try not to have too much scream- screaming. I'll try to rest <laughs> my voice so that I can talk about Star Wars. I've been waiting two years to talk about this movie, so it'd be very sad if I, I know, had no voice. Right? We need, to, we need to make sure you've got some uh, honey, some lemon, some Hot cheese, and sour some, soup. Hot uh, and sour soup. Cough there drops. Is zinc, there is zinc, you know, whatever it takes. Like, we need, Gonna <laughs> we get need better. to get sure you're back with us. Exactly. So please feel better. I will. Lots of rest. Well, exactly. So that is awesome, though. We are, you know, we're always glad to have you. And great review, by the way, this week. Oh, thank about, you. About Jabanji. It was cool. Because I, I was on the border of that. I thought the first one was cute, but this one... I was like, hmm, maybe they're pushing it. So your review maybe helped me go see it. Thanks. Well, I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, you can blame me and say it was oh. my fault. <laughs> oh, 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 trust me. I will blame yeah. you. <laughs> Just let me know. <laughs> I'll be sending you the bill for my There uh, you AMC go. Send me your pass. ticket stubs and I'll reimburse you. <laughs> that's just uh, that's just me that's right no ESO viewers please don't all send me your ticket stuff <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you say all 10 it, listeners it, will do it I was going to say it would only be like about a dozen um, if that um, but we also I also really think you know the real reason Ashley's voice is going is because she said she's been on our podcast she's been on the Story Geek she's been on Earth Station DCU lately just wearing wearing out my voice she's been like everywhere over the last week or so yes she's been everywhere over the last week or so she's been everywhere man (laughs) (laughs) i just can't stop podcasting once you start you cannot stop it's kind of true actually (laughs) i think we're all victims of that one yes indeed (laughs) so i totally understand that so cool well we are so happy and we'll talk to you next week yes looking forward to it and Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you're going to shout out about? Tis the holiday season. And you know what that means? That means Christmas specials. Woohoo! And, uh, ah! I, uh, I was a guest on Needless Things podcast last week. Shocker. And Dave and I talked all about 
uh, various Christmas specials uh, that have aired over the last oh, 30, 40, we go back even like 40, 50 years. Uh, uh, talk about some of the, um, you know, obviously some of the specials, like the cartoons that came out, as well as some of the music uh, variety show specials. Yes, we even talk about the Star Wars special. Um, <laughs> What's that? It was What's that? <laughs> Life Day. Never heard of it? No, no. Ashley, you don't need to know. You it was way before no, no, your time. No, no. It's, it's, Arthur it's, is it's, canon. It's, I will die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we had a good time, so check it out. It's uh, Needless Things podcast number 295. Look at him on the brink of 300. Um, Congrats, and, uh, Dave. Yeah, we had, a, we had a great time, so check that out. That is awesome. I've been actually appearing on another podcast, too. What? Yes, sir. Oh my goodness! What? I feel. I'm... I feel betrayed. Good. Good. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> As well, you should. You've been appearing everywhere. <laughs> Ashley's been appearing everywhere. Darren's hey, hey, been appearing. Hey, should should Ashley and I leave while you guys have the divorce? I guess so. Maybe over? we should better just log off now. Yeah. yeah. I've actually appeared on two other podcasts. I hate it when mom and dad fight. <laughs> That's right, folks. Um. Our friends, uh, of course, Rick and Sherry from the This Epic Disaster podcast invited me on, and we actually talked about holiday gifts. And, you know, I used some of the gifts that we had talked about here in the Geek Gift episode a couple episodes back, and I found some new stuff, and it was a lot of fun. We drank some nice beers. I gave them some apple pie for the first time. It was oh, nice. Okay. It was, it was, it was, this now that's, is what, that's the holiday gift that keeps on giving. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, it does. And especially because that's my Christmas Eve this year. I'm brewing more apple pie. So Woo-hoo! that's right. If you want yeah. a real recipe? Let me know. Uh, oh, I don't need toxic waste. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I like the smooth Southern way, you know, not the yes. stuff that will basically be turpentine and Whoa, be between my paintbrushes. Darren's recipe is like, hmm, what here do I want to get rid of? Exactly. Exactly. Let's just. It's all the same base, alcohol. Exactly. <laughs> it all goes the same place and comes out the same way. Pretty much. Pretty much. Exactly. True. It'll just look like look like Marta when she lies. You know that's oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> right, all Amateurs. over Captain America too. Amateurs. Amateurs. <laughs> and I also, of course, the other podcast I appeared on, of course, is the ESO Network. Riffs podcast. That's right. We have a new episode out for our patrons exclusively, and we are doing Gremlins, the 1984 classic. And That's a it, holiday movie. That yeah, is truly is. a holiday movie. So it is now available, and you could find it up on ESO Network's Patreon, and that is, of course, patreon.com slash ESO Network. And, you know, all you could do is if you become a $5 supporter or above, you get access to that. So it's pretty nice and, you know, it's exclusive. There's going to be more exclusive stuff coming out for our Patreon in 2020. And, you know, we've got a lot of great things planned throughout the network. So please, you know, with the holiday season, you know, why not even just rate us up on wherever you're listening to your show and everything. It's great. And speaking of great, there's this little movie coming out next week that we're going to review. That's right, folks. We are going to talk about 1917. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> no, <but laughs> no <wait>. just <laughs> wait, wait. Are, are they redoing Bambi versus Godzilla? Because I'd be down for that review. 
That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just a little Star Wars movie coming out this week. And so we'll be back next week to review The Rise of Skywalker. It's going to be awesome. It sounds like a Viagra commercial. It does, actually. <laughs> but, you know. And it'll be voiced by Mark Hamill, of course. I know, right? <laughs> As the Joker. As the Joker. <laughs> Mandatory. <laughs> exactly. It should be a lot of fun. So until then, my name is Mike Faber. For me, myself, and Mr. Mike Gordon, we will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Peace, and we're done. Woohoo! Woohoo! See, that wasn't. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.